Hello and welcome to the Farcom Podcast, as always. I do appreciate you for listening each and every episode. This will be episode number 17. We'll be previewing the Demons Home football opener against the University of Tennessee Martin, as well as talk about soccer, volleyball, and cross country. We'll also be previewing the upcoming Southland Conference football games. Before we get our episode, first, a word from our sponsors. I think I can safely speak for all Demon fans when I say it's going to be great to be in Turpin Stadium this weekend. Home opener for the Demons, playing against UT Martin. Demons last played against UT Martin in 2019. Now in that 2019 game, Demons were up 20-14 at the half on the road. However, in the third quarter, a punt return and a pick six totally flipped the game on its head. And UT Martin ran away with a 42-20 win in that one. Of course, different teams, two years have passed, different personnel. Can't really put too much stock in that one. Now, UT Martin comes in at 1-1 one one on the season. They had a season-opening loss to Western Kentucky, 59-21, and a win over Stanford last week, 33-27. While looking at the film, and I did watch both Western Kentucky and Stanford, to break down the Demons need 2 I am using just the Sanford game. And reason being, Western Kentucky plays FBS. We are FCS. They have more scholarships. And to me, it's just hard to get a good read using those teams, who sometimes it's a mismatch. And I do find a lot of times schools at FBS level don't always use full playbook considerations against F, uh, you know, FBS opponents. So I'm using just the Sanford game, both FCF like us and UT Martin, so I think you get better feel of what's going to happen in our game by looking at that one as composed to Western Kentucky. However, uh, Western Kentucky game is online. You go to YouTube, you can find a complete game there. There are a lot of highlights of the UT Martin Sanford game on there. I do, as always, highly recommend watching it if you're into that. Uh, definitely get a good feel of what UT Martin has, and they have some weapons. They also have some weaknesses, much like every team. So we'll start off looking at the UT Martin offense. Now, a guy that the Demons definitely have to watch for. It's Peyton Logan. Against us in 2019, he had 13 carries, 449 yards, and two touchdowns. Had an absolutely great game against Northwestern two years ago. He is their featured player in our offense. He's their leading rusher and leading receiver. UT Martin likes to use a shotgun formation, spread shotgun formation. They don't use the tight end very much. I saw them use a lot of four-right receiver sets. Use a lot of zone running, no powers. You see a lot of times... When teams run the shotgun and run that spread, they'll take a tight end, kind of put him in motion, and kind of use him as a fullback. UT Martin does not employ that at all. They are a straight zone running team. Uh, one thing they do like to do is they'll have their line kind of keep blocking the same way. They'll run a lot of powers, going off tackle, uh, strong side, and then they'll keep setting it up. They'll do a couple of play actions that way, and then They'll set up the same way, and it'll do a counter. Of course, get your entire defensive line going strong side, and they'll counter to the weak side. They'll use that pretty effectively. Um, not often, but when they do employ it, it is very effective. But uh, line-wise, there's nothing really special about what they're doing. It's just straight-up uh, man-to-man blocking, and they just get a zone run. It's a pretty common uh, offense. There's not going to be any surprising bells or whistles you're going to see from them. Uh, they're led by quarterback Keon Howard. And Keon Howard, from what I can see, he is very accurate up to about 30 yards. Beyond 30 yards, I find he does struggle a bit throwing the ball. Uh, there's times he'll kind of float it up, uh, not really throw that accurately deep. Uh, he does have capability of making those plays, but under 30 yards, he's really good. If you force him to have to throw deep, uh, normally you can, um, 
I think, do some good uh, defensive things against him on that end. What they like to do with uh, Peyton Logan, and there's another running back named Jordan Castleberry, is both of these backs, uh, Peyton Logan and Jordan Castleberry, are not very big running backs. They're actually quite small. They remind me a lot of Barry Sanders, Warwick Nunn, in that they're small but very, very shifty. Uh, Peyton Logan, uh, despite his size, he is actually a very physical runner. He is not afraid to take on people. But what they'll do is they'll have Logan set up, you know, in a shotgun next to quarterback. Whenever they snap the ball, he'll take a step or two towards the line and get in a pose like he's blocking, and then he'll just kind of shift behind the line and really just kind of almost like shuffle his feet. And then when he gets near the tackle, he'll hurry up and, you know, take off into the flat and really does a great job camouflaging him. If you watch uh, the film against UT Martin, there's a couple of camera angles from the end of the field and whenever he does that he really does get lost behind that line and it makes it very difficult for the other team's linebackers to spot where he's going and you can see that's what they're trying to do is just get you to lose sight of him and he's very dynamic so if he can get in the flat and have a step or two on a linebacker or whoever's covering him he's going to probably break it for a pretty good gain and he did that quite often against Sanford. Sanford used their linebacker to kind of spy him and uh, it didn't work out very well for Samford as I felt that uh, Peyton Logan pretty much dominated him. Meantime, he was coming out the backfield, going into the flat. Uh, their linebackers couldn't keep pace with him. So definitely something we're going to have to look for. Another guy that we're going to have to watch out for is Colton Dowell. He's the one wide receiver they really use. No one else really seemed to be uh, exceptionally dangerous on their team at wide receiver. Not that they weren't good. But uh, Colton Dow definitely was head and shoulders above everyone else. He's a very gritty wide receiver. He's a guy who, he's an exceptionally route runner, but he is very fundamentally sound. If you watch the way he plays, uh, when the ball comes to him, he uses his body as a weapon. He has that perfect catch, especially on slants and on seams, where he catches the ball high with both hands and brings him down as he takes the first step and puts it in his body. So, a very north-south runner, you know, when he catches the ball, he just stops on a dime, turns upfield, and just plows ahead. And, you know, if there's someone there, he'll blow him over. If not, he'll just cut between. So uh, definitely a dangerous receiver we're going to have to watch. But overall, there's nothing real special about their offense. And I don't mean that as an insulting way towards them. It's just they don't use much bells and whistles. It's just straight-up zone run spread offense. Uh, something we've seen uh, time and time again, very commonplace in college football. So... There are weapons, though, and the thing that definitely is something we have to watch out for is Peyton Logan because, um, you know, we gave up a lot of rushing yards against uh, both Alcorn and North Texas, so I assume UT Martin is going to try and get him as well. Uh, we're going to definitely have to contain him. If Peyton Logan starts running on us and getting four or five yards of carry, it's going to be a very, very long day for the Demon defense. But I do think our defense is capable of playing with this team. Uh, their line... Uh, pretty solid uh they're very good at protecting the quarterback whenever <clears throat> Keon Howard dropped back to pass their line gave him a ton of time so we're definitely gonna have to make sure we get to him one weakness I did see is it looked like the ends whenever they do on blitzes uh, for Sanford uh, it looks like Sanford's ends were able to kind of get some pressure on them so maybe that has something there to exploit on the defensive side of the ball I thought UT more looked like they showed a bunch of multiple formations, primarily a 4-3 and a 5-2. And what they do is just kind of 
get the offensive line confused, throw a bunch of different looks in there. And once you get the offensive line kind of guessing where you're coming from, they'll throw some blitz packages in as well. Uh, the guy I was most impressed with on defense was number 31 linebacker Dakaria Stevens. He is a very nasty player, and I mean that uh, in a strictly positive sense. He's one of those type of linebackers that he is going to fight to get to that ball carrier, and if you try and block him, he's going to do everything, swim moves, push, claw, whatever he needs to do to get to the running back. Uh, just an old-school-style football player, a guy that you could see easily uh, lining up for like 85 Bears, you know, just that nasty type of player. Uh, great guy to watch and definitely a guy that can cause a lot of damage. If you know, he gets unabated to the running back or quarterback, uh, it, it definitely spells bad news for your team. So we're going to have to definitely make sure we keep him in check. On the corners, they primarily against Sanford look like they run just straight up man-to-man coverage and the safeties would come in and clean up on long passes. Of course, underneath routes, safeties would kind of contain one thing I did like is their linebackers didn't seem to be nearly as fast as what we saw at Alcorn. And Sanford's receivers a lot of times got some really good um, spacing against their cornerbacks and also found a lot of space in underneath routes. There are times when they did some seams and underneath and there's no one within five or ten yards from the Sanford receiver. So there's definitely something there to exploit. I felt their linebackers had a lot of trouble uh, containing the quarterback when he scrambled, and also a lot of trouble containing the running back. So, again, that is something we can definitely work on. Now, one thing I will give credit to for UT Martin, their defensive line looked really solid. They, uh, again, nothing special, but they did a really good job of just keeping the Sanford offensive line kind of confused with the different packages they were throwing. And at times when they blitzed, they really uh, kept the Sanford quarterback on the run, including once where they got a safety against him. So, uh, definitely a team we're going to have to play discipline against, but nothing really that special they're running on defense. And uh, for what I've seen, they're not nearly as athletic as Alcorn. So uh, a lot of opportunity against them to really uh, get some yardage. But that will again have to come, what we said uh, in the last episode, it's going to have to come with our execution. Uh, one thing I plan on doing from episodes from here on out for the preview episodes for football is going to be called the Keys for Northwestern, which will have three things we need to do offensively and three things I think we need to do defensively to win the game. So now our keys for the game against UT Martin on offense. First thing first, establish a rhythm. Against Alcorn State, we never gotten a good offensive rhythm, never found our bread and butter to work against them, never seemed to confuse their linebackers. So what we have to do is find something that works, make sure we're disguising our plays a little bit better, and establishing a rhythm against that UT Morton defense. Number two, we've got to throw deep. Uh, one thing we didn't do very often against Alcorn was we didn't have deep passes. Now, I'm not saying they weren't drawn up. I do know, especially as a former coach, that there are times you draw up plays and it just doesn't uh, translate on the field. So I can't tell you we didn't call any plays that were that weren't deep, but... Against Alcorn, we definitely didn't throw deep. Uh, from what I've seen watching their game film, we can definitely test their cornerbacks. Uh, their quarterbacks got out of position a lot of times, and they use really bad technique at times, especially defending deep balls. So I think if we can test them deep, we can have some success against them, especially with Javon Antonio going out. Um, with the way he's built, I think he could definitely cause some problems. You get him going deep, have you know Gavin Landry come underneath, and I think you can have a lot of success using that. And the third one, which is, again, kind of goes back to the second one, is get wide receivers in space. They gave a lot of cushion, a lot of underneath routes to Samford. 
I say we can exploit the same thing, get our wide receivers in space. If we can do that, start hitting those little, and not long passes, just two, three-yard passes, let our receivers make some moves, it's going to back those linebackers up. And once those linebackers have to back up to contain our wide receivers, that's going to open up our running game. And uh, then you'll see our offense become quite effective. On defense, our three uh, things we have to do, our three keys, number one, contain running back Peyton Logan. Again, he's their leading rusher and their leading receiver. He is their everything on their offense. Their offense revolves around him. We've got to contain him. Uh, If he's running the ball, hit him at the line of scrimmage. Don't let him get in space. If you do, he's gone. He gets past anybody. Against Sanford, they missed a couple of tackles, and he took them to the house every time. On passing plays, you've got to make sure your linebackers are with them. You cannot do like Sanford and wait. You've got to anticipate him. You have to be proactive instead of reactive against Peyton Logan. So we've got to make sure we keep him in check and contain him. Do not let him in open space. If he gets in open space, it's going to be a long day. Next one, we've got to pressure Keon Howard. He is not a bad quarterback, but I found he didn't throw that great when he was under pressure. We've got to get pressure on him, get some hits, get some hurries, make sure he's on the ground more times than not. And if we can pressure Keon Howard, I think we can really shut down that offense. Third thing, we've got to contain Colton Dow, the wide receiver, Something I like to say, and I'm not saying this is what the Demon coaches have to do, just something I like to see is Shamar Bartholomew on Colton Dow one-on-one. I think if you put Bartholomew on Colton Dow one-on-one, I think we could shut him down. I may uh, eat crow in a couple of days from saying that, but I firmly do believe that. So we can do those things. I think there's a good chance for the Demons to win. With that said, uh, as I've said before, we have talent. But we do not have enough talent to win on talent alone. UT Martin is a solid football team. This is not going to be a team coming in here with an easy win. Much like Dalcorn game, this is a very solid team we're playing. So demons have got to execute. We've got to make sure we're doing the little things. Against Alcorn, the problem wasn't that we played bad. It's just that we didn't have the right execution and we never got in that rhythm. The one thing I'm confident about, I thought our offensive line, looking back on that film, offensive line played absolutely fantastic against Alcorn. Against UT Martin, I think we can handle them. Just got to make sure, again, don't let them come off the edges on his blitzes and make sure we're just playing disciplined football. If we do that, I think the Demons can definitely get their first win of the year. I think this game is immensely important as the Southeastern game, which was supposed to be next week, uh, is postponed due to the hurricane. So I think that's beneficial for the Demons. We'll have a off week to kind of shore up some things. We've obviously not gotten the rhythm of offense that we have wanted. This gives us an extra week to prepare for Southland play, and I think that's beneficial to us. So this game, immensely important for Northwestern. Uh, you do not want to go into that bye week at 0-3 and no momentum in trying to figure out what's, what we have to do to make things work. If we can defeat UT Martin, you go in with a little momentum, a chance to shore up some stuff to make a couple of tweaks and hit the ground running once you hit conference play. Either way, it should be a great one, and I hope uh, the fans turn out in force and support the Demons this weekend. Before I go into the Southland uh, games this week, I just want to remind people of the 1997 Demon football team. I posted about them on Twitter. That team started off 2-3. and three. Uh, really struggled, lost 27-9 to Southern, got bombed by McNeese 50-7. to In fact, only um, two wins in that 2-3 and three start were against non-Division one teams. So uh, that was a Demon team that didn't start very well. In fact, I remember um, 
after the 50-7 to loss to McNeese, there are a lot of people uh, saying that Sam Goodwin might need to retire, which is amazing to look at now. Sam Goodwin is very respected and obviously will go down one of the great coaches in Demon history, brought us to the semifinals, and we're maybe a player or two away from us playing for and possibly winning a national title. So <clears throat> plenty to play for for Northwestern. And I said earlier in the year, I think we're better than fifth in the conference. I think the talent's there. We just got to turn it around and hopefully we'll start this week. Uh, Southam played a game I'm looking forward to the most is McNeese at Southern. McNeese uh, trying to get their first win, and it's hard to get a read on McNeese uh, so far. They played West Florida and lost, which is a Division II team. But again, that's a D2 power, defending national champions. Uh, no one knows how good West Florida actually is when you compare them to a James Madison, to a North Dakota State, to a Sam Houston no one knows how they really compare to those teams, so it's hard to get a read because they are a lower division team, but a powerhouse on a lower division. Then McNeese lost to LSU. It's LSU. You can't put stock in an FCS school going to LSU and losing in Tiger Stadium. And McNeese, I thought, competed well. So I think Southern, I think Southern really compares very evenly to Alcorn State. I think when Southern plays Alcorn, it'll be a great game. So how McNeese does McNeese does against Southern, I think will really be a good litmus test to how good they are compared to what we did against Alcorn. And I'm definitely interested to see how uh, McNeese plays in that one. Southeastern will be traveling to Central Connecticut. Central Connecticut is 1-1 one one is not really a strong team. I expect Southeastern uh, to win this one uh, pretty easily. Now, of course, they are traveling to Central Connecticut, so they will have uh, a definite long travel for that game. We'll see if that affects them. But even with that, I still uh, predict Southeastern win that one. UIW will be traveling to Texas State. That'll be a, another a fun game to watch. Uh, Texas State, I think, is comparable to North Texas. Uh, UIW has an absolutely explosive team, and they've shown that uh, this year already. And uh, last but not least, Houston Baptist going for their first win against Prairie View. Prairie View last week bombed by UIW. Uh, if you're Houston Baptist and you don't win this game, I think uh, it's going to be a really long year for HBU if they can't pull this one off. Uh, HBU does have talent if you watch them on film, but... Uh, they're definitely um, struggling, uh, to say the least, so far this year. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how they can compete against Prairie View. Demon Athlete- Athletics as a whole had a very good weekend this past weekend. Uh, soccer team uh, started off conference play 2-0, defeated Southeastern 1-0, and Nichols 4-0 uh, just absolutely demolished Nichols in that second game. To start off 2 0 in conference play this weekend, they will be traveling Friday at UIW and Sunday at Texas AM Corpus Christi. <clears throat> I think this is going to be an interesting trip for the Demon soccer team, as uh, that is by far the longest ride in conference against uh, you know, AM Corpus Christi and uh, Incarnate Word in San Antonio. So, definitely uh, going to pose challenges just because you know you're going you know three, four nights in hotel rooms, not getting always the best rest in hotel rooms. So, uh, how the demons respond to this, I think, is going to be very uh, instrumental in the way the rest of the season goes. Uh, if the soccer program can pull off uh, two victories here and go four and zero, I think it sets them off uh, for clear path toward a conference title. Volleyball improved to five and seven. Had a very successful tournament. Lamar uh, had three wins against one loss. They lost to UALR in the opening game three to nothing, but defeated Arkansas Pine Bluff three games to zero. Lamar three to one and Jackson State. Uh, three to one so successful for them I think they're starting to kind of come into their own uh, starting to play a lot better than they did I think earlier in the season 
Uh, they'll be at the UTA, UT Arlington tournament this weekend. It's not an exceptionally strong field, so it'll be interesting to see if the Demon Volleyball team can continue the momentum with the third straight win they had at the Lamar tournament. Uh, last but not least, the cross-country team will be traveling to Louisiana Tech. I thought both men's women had a good first meet, and again, first time in two years of racing, uh, it definitely does pose some challenges to get back in the thick of things, and cross-country is a very unique sport. For the Demon cross-country team, I think Louisiana Tech is almost the perfect course in the at at this point. Uh, it's not a very hilly course. It's uh, quite fast, and if you are uh, the Demons and Lady Demons cross-country teams, uh, this is one of those courses where if you are going to try and hang with people that are maybe a little bit faster than you, this is the course you want to do it on because it's not going to really eat you up and it's a very fast course. So I'm ex- really interested to see uh, the times for uh, both men's and women's cross-country pro- programs in, uh, in this meet. I want to thank you for listening to this week's episode. Hopefully, uh, by the time we come back, either Sunday or Monday with a recap of the UT Martin game, we'll have a great victory to talk about. I do highly recommend any Demon fans get a chance to go out to games this weekend. Please do. Uh, For my money, the Northwestern Athletic Department just uh, does an absolutely amazing job hosting events, and I've never been disappointed going to a Demon athletic contest. Going to be an important weekend uh, for, you know, all the sports, football, soccer, volleyball, and cross country. It's going to be a good litmus test for you know, every sport competing right now, see how good we really are and, you know, where we're trying to get to and how far away we are from our goals. Uh, anyone traveling, I hope you have a absolutely safe trip to and from the games. Uh, for everybody still dealing with uh, the storms and the rains and floodings and hurricanes that have come through, uh, thoughts and prayers are out to you. Thank you very much for listening. Hope you have an absolutely great week. Hope you have an absolutely great weekend. As always, Farkham Demons, and let's go beat UT Martin and get that first one of the season.